Hello everyone. Uh, good evening. First of all, and I hope you all are uh, doing good and are safe. Uh, so my name is Priyanka, and I welcome you all to this webinar. Um, and uh, before we begin with the talk, I would like to give you a little introduction about our speakers. That is Mr. Nikhil Avoma and uh, Mr. Tushar Deshmukh. Uh, so you all might have heard of N Cube. It is one of the very few design firms in India that has diversified and focused on the process of design. He is the founder and director of N Cube. Uh, Nikhil has also managed and led the development of research, uh, department of research center uh, of Shenzhen Institute for Innovative Design. Uh, he has also worked as a consultant editor, um, ha editor for uh, Bluein Art Info, and um, as a senior researcher for Business uh, Business Today magazine. Uh, he was a researcher at Dolling Kindersley, and uh, I'm, I'm, I hope I've, I've pronounced it right. I think it's Kindersley, right? Yeah. And uh, director of business development at uh, Rudraksha Design Studio. Um, overall, he is a really strong arts and design professional who has demonstrated a history of working in the industrial design and automotive design industry. So today he is going to uh, talk about the importance of user experience in industrial design. Uh, we also have Mr. Tushar Deshmukh. Um, UX Experts is one of the top 10 user experience service provider company in India. And Tushar is founder and CEO of UX Experts. He is also the director of UX UI Training Lab, which provides professional training in human-computer interaction, usability, user psychology, user research, prototyping tools, and front-end development in various languages. And Tushar is working towards many more courses related to UX to be launched soon. Uh, through this platform, he is not only training people, but also provides jobs as well as entrepreneurship opportunities to his students. He is a visiting professor at Symbiosis Institute of Design and has given speeches at various other conferences. He has been working in the field for more than 18 years and he has worked as developer, designer, researchers and, and whatnot. I mean, almost every phase of product development. He is a director at Amplify Reach and works as a UX consultant for various other companies. He is also a founder of Organize My Hotel. So these are the um, uh, are our speakers today, and uh, I will hand over to Tushar. So he'll he'll be speaking. Yeah. Thank you, Priyanka. Uh, okay. So I think people are joining. So so today uh, I have welcomed Nikhil once again. And we are talking so long uh, to be happened this thing, and we are discussing a lot of UX and everything. And so today, uh, today we are actually speaking through this platform. Okay, so so as Priyanka said, today's our topic is importance of UX uh, in industrial design. Uh, so I will not take more time, and I will hand over to Nikhil. But I will just give. Uh, Few, uh, few things I will tell about what exactly um, uh, is all about UX talks and to, just for five minutes. Uh, so basically, uh, uh, see UX is uh, my passion and everyone today here are uh, passionate about user experience study and everything. Uh, 
when i started my career so it was like a user experience it was very new i think almost now 18 plus year uh, i am working with this so today uh, specifically i am not uh, so lot of activities i do in ux but today i am talking about uh, specific, specifically about this ux talks uh, we started uh, in the lockdown there is a lot of people want to learn many things and so we we are i think four or five webinars we already have taken with different different uh, subjects uh, starting from user psychology to ux motion even how to do freelancing in ux we covered lot of uh, subjects during this and our last uh, ux talk is about uh, ux training lab we are going to in collaboration with uh, european uh, leading certification so that is ux qcc so soon we are going to launch that program and uh, we are definitely detailing details will come uh, next week uh, so basically us talk is a platform uh, which i am to create so where they always say ki ux is not only about web or it is not only about a mobile but unfortunately in industry people are more talking about uh, web web or only mobile uh so that's why uh, nikhil and me we are talking many times long back regarding this and uh, so when i started uh, this particular initiative for ux talk uh, i think couple of months back i, I think we discussed on this and uh, last uh, last talk with with hanas that was also get uh, people are uh, he talked about how uh, the ux certification and ux courses in indian market and global market so that was now today uh, nikhil is going to talk about how research in uh, ux processes how design uh, as uh, how they evolved starting from you know uh, like uh, our how human history and everything and how research is very important in every aspect of uh, design process so he is sharing his experience so i will ask nikhil to you can start and you can start with your little bit about journey first because every journey i think is inspirational for everyone so you can start with uh, your journey as a, how you started your career and uh, how you end up in a design field and how you are facing challenges first and then definitely we can uh, start with your Uh, main topic today which we are covering okay so i can you can start with this. yeah yeah thank you so much tushar uh, and uh, i have to say you have sort of set up this brilliant platform you know it's good to to talk design it's always good to talk design you know and uh, and i think it is one of the one of the important characteristics also for design is to talk about it Right. and i have repeatedly also said this many a times you know wherever i go i speak i meet a lot of people i always tell them that you know the future of design lies in collaboration and uh, as a, as much as we collaborate uh, you know even between multidisciplinary design uh, uh, designers that's that's where the innovation lies you know that is where the innovation lies and uh, it is it is also good to you know now see things started to happen and move around you know now even our government has come up with this unique uh, new education policy you know that that focuses on bringing this multidisciplinary attitude even to schools 
you know so that right. kids can start early you know have multidisciplinary approaches you know just not focus on engineering or just core design or just you know medical science but also focus on several other aspects that make you a better human being and i think being a good designer is also about being a better human being you know i i feel that personally and thank you so much you've given me this opportunity to talk here yeah and uh, so yeah so basically you know what i'd like to start off with is is you know what what design is to me what uh, i have been doing so far and uh, how i have reached here and uh, what what i do you know what what we do so uh, priyanka spoke about ncube uh, ncube is 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 an entity that we created back in 2012 and we've been focusing more since then in the area of automotive design you know so just like any other you know i i any other student i started off studying uh, uh journalism you know that's where i did my uh, uh graduation so i was i studied my gra- uh, my graduation from dublin institute of technology ireland that is where i studied and i i was you know i had i had everything framed up in my mind that i'm going to be one of the best journalists india has ever seen and you know things like that you know we all we all do that but yeah things sort of started changing when the whole face of media started changing for me you know so i was always focused on the print media uh print media has been one of the one of the best mediums you know since the time of our independence when india first became independent print media played a very important role you know newspapers magazines you know they help in opinion formation and that's how it started and it went off really well till the time i realized that you know media has kind of lost its place you know and over the years i saw products degrading you know i have been very uh, happy to be part of so many projects that have been doing well and are still in circulation but uh, nevertheless uh, so i made a shift to hardcore design once i got a scholarship to study at the the hong kong polytechnic university in hong kong school of design that is where i did my post graduation in international design and business management and soon after you know i i i spent a decent amount of time in hong kong worked with various organizations got a chance to work on really good projects uh i also for a very brief amount of time though but did work with uh, 3m uh, 3m japan and uh, after that i made my move to uh, china mainland china i got an opportunity to work with shenzhen institute for innovation and design as their design director and that's when things completely changed for me i mean uh, china i mean as much as you know right now every the world is hating it i i can totally relate to that uh but let me be very honest with you china has has done brilliantly when it comes to industrialization you know and i'm talking about hardcore industrial design you know uh earlier you know how china started off getting into this industrial design is basically by copying things you know and that's how we know china right you know they copied everything they copied yeah. stuff from the west and then they but the thing is is that you know one thing that china learned through copying is how to make a product i mean that always helps you know even if you copy so copying is not bad as long as you have the capacity to innovate 
Right. And I always talk to students, you know, wherever we do, uh, wherever we go, uh, you know, we uh, through we have this new entity, which we call as the bridge school, you know, through which we are focusing and targeting uh, with a lot of industrial desi designers, I'm sorry, uh, with a lot of industrial designers, you know, and we're trying to train them on on industry standards, you know, that is where our focus lies. So, you know, this, this massive uh, opportunity that I got in China sort of helped me figure out the future of industrial design for India, you know. So I, I've been there, worked there for almost uh, three years. And that is when I started to realize that, you know, what I was missing uh, is, is, is my, my own country, you know, that, you know, so much that I've learned you know, I could always implement, I could have always implemented it in China and we still work with China. You know, I do a lot of projects for China even now and uh, Southeast Asia. But my focus since the beginning has always been the East. It has never been the West. You know, a lot of people talk about when they talk about learning design, they want to go to Europe, you know, or maybe the UK or maybe the US. That was never, never a focus for me. You know, my focus uh, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm more inclined towards the East because I love this culture. You know, I love our culture. I love uh, our people. You know, we have such multicultural, you know, country in India. And also this other aspect of, you know, doing things more. I think more than the West, the East needs, you know, people like you and me, you know, or people, you know, who are now at least you know, wanting to study, wanting to uh, change their attitude towards life and look at design as a, as a potential career, you know. So I feel that, you know, East has a lot to offer. East has a lot of challenges, yes, but East also has a lot to offer, you know. We look at countries like Indonesia and, uh, you know, uh, Malaysia, they have so much to offer, you know, because there's, they, they still need innovation. We, I'm not talking about Japan because Japan is on a different level, you know, but uh, of course, then you have China, we have Myanmar, we have Thailand, we have India. You know? Anyways, um, I think uh, uh, I, I would, I would uh, rather, you know, now show you something so that, uh, you know, show everyone here something so that they can start to relate. And I'm going to start talking about design and you know what design means to me and let me let me share my screen am i viewable to everyone i hope yes 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 Okay, so uh, I'm going to talk about the importance of UX and industrial design. And the thing is, you know, we talk about products and most of the times people relate with, uh, you know, when it comes to UX, they mostly related with uh, digital products, you know. But uh, for, for me, that's, that's never the case. And I'll tell you why, because every product we own, every physical product that we design has to have a certain experience that it imparts to its users, 
you know, and various stakeholders in the ecosystem. So it's not just about the direct stakeholders that's, that is going to use that product, but it's also about multiple stakeholders that are involved in creating an environment, you know, I, I mean, I can, right now, the best example I can give you is Apple, you know, the way Apple has sort of designed that ecosystem around itself, you know, it's, it's brilliant as a strategy, you know, as a business strategy. But uh, what's also important is that, you know, we fulfill the needs of each and every stakeholder, direct, indirect, or core. Idea is to fulfill the need, you know, fulfill the need of the user and how we do that. So, so let me start by, you know, showcasing a video. And, and this, is, this is a very interesting video. Um, I just hope that, you know, uh, there are some uh, aspects of design that, you know, this guy talks about, and I'd, I'd like to, for everyone to see this. So I'm just playing this video. Design has become a fetish. And it's understandable. No other discipline contributes to the positivity of mankind, such as design. Design is everywhere. It's in the mug you get your coffee. It's in the handle of your car. It's in the sound your shoes make against fine-grained wood. Only designers can truly understand people. You might even say designers are the only real people at the company. Product managers, they're not people. They're walking checklists. And engineers, they're just cogs in the machine. Cogs that couldn't even pick out a real Eames chair from some two-bit piece from Ikea. And this shit, this shit is real. Designers know that. The worst thing you can tell a designer is, hey, go make this pretty for me. Pretty is an adjective, and design is a fucking verb. Designers make things come to life. We curate the world. That's why sometimes I just stand outside and look up at the rain to truly be present. Design is about spontaneity, rhyme with serendipity. Finding where serendipity and spontaneity rhyme with synchronicity. You know, it's, it's, it's making your life symmetrical, whether it's in your work and your hobbies, even your Instagrams, whether it's a vintage car against the sunset or one of your fuck buddies looking out over the city. The hardest thing about being a designer, exercising constant empathy. It takes a huge toll on your emotional reservoir. Everyone wants to be a designer, but not everyone can. You need to bleed for it. Real design, real design comes from people. Talk to them, you have to grab them, shake them, make them tell you what they want. You know, you don't hear what they want from a store, from a corporation. That's why everything in my house, books, clothing, shoes, condoms, it's all from Kickstarter. The future of design is interfaceless. That's why I've named my dog Gesture, to remind me of the looming future UX. Good gesture. Design is just in your nature. You either have it or you don't. You either understand the kerning and beveled edges of life or you don't. If you're lucky to be born with this talent, you have a responsibility to hone it, master it, and use it to create experiences for the delight and pleasure of others. And that's why I have a golden ratio tattoo on my dick that keeps the exact same scale at every inch. All right, so, you know, I just wanted to sort of frame a question uh, to everyone uh, before we start, you know, this, this further. And I just want everyone to sort of, you know, just talk to themselves and think about what do you see here? 
you know what what is it that we see here and we can we can think about the answer later you know we can maybe talk about the answer later or maybe you can you can drop me some messages that'd be great so what exactly is design i mean you know people talk about it a lot you know these days design has become a fetish actually you know everyone is talking about it but how many people actually understand it you know there's a lot of buzzword about design thinking uh, there's a lot of buzzword about ux so basically you know design is it is it what is it is it just decoration is it you know art and there have been people who have been talking about art and design you know people start to relate it with art and they say that art and design will change how the world will look not how the world is there have been so many people talking about it so design for decoration you know so if we talk about arts in particular design is it related to applied arts is it more of decorative arts or is it more of commercial arts you know we don't know nobody knows yet you know it's it's still a question in everybody's mind the fact is that a designer basically works objectively for others he is not working for himself and he is working with others so design is always team driven design has to be people friendly you know it comes from people and of course along with a lot of planning strategy and a certain tool so you know when people talk about design thinking what they don't what they don't understand and relate is is that design thinking is just one tool in the designer's toolbox it's just one of the tools you know we have different kind of knowledge you know we have the tacit knowledge we have the codified knowledge we have the tooled knowledge we need to utilize everything when it comes to design not just one all the three forms of knowledge and if we compare design with arts we can see that relation drawing you know what is designers work objectively with an objective goal arts is more of subjective work self expression designers work for others artists work for themselves designers work with others artists are just solo performers you know we we use a range of design and planning tools where arts is just personal developed skills as much as you have it you're going to be an artist but an artist is not a designer and a designer might be an artist so that's an advantage and it's it's also like this another discipline and you know which is very uh, popular in india which is of course you know we relate with things to technology and which is engineering and i hope you know people understand that there are differences you know designers are working on human factors needs of people engineers are working on making things work two different things designers have thing to thing uh, designers have thing to people relationship whereas engineers are working more on thing to thing relationship so if we compare and relate you know again if we compare and relate design is more thing to people you know because for us it is always about people to get to know what we can get from people engineering is more thing to thing we focus on needs of people engineers focus on making a product work 
designers focus on comfortable fit, safe, ease of use. Engineers would moreover focus on optimizing for function and production, manufacturing. Concept, human factors and appearance are the most important for designers, you know, whereas for engineers, it's more about details, functionality and performance. Two different things, you know, but when you're in industry, you got to work together with the engineering team, with the marketing team, with so many teams, you know. So design is for people and related with science, you know, and we talk about so many different science, you know, design for people, science, let's choose mathematics, discuss this further. You know, we would think about better or worse. Mathematician would say true or false. We would think fit better, fit less. They would talk about correct or incorrect. So it's very mathematical in nature. You know, science is very mathematical in nature and it has, it, 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 it starts and ends from zeros and it's all between zeros and ones, you know. But the thing is, is that the relation that design draws with every particular industry is the fact that it, it runs around itself between cultures, you know. So there are political, socio, psychological, economics, then industrial design, architecture, art, and then you have technical streams, you know, where is science, engineering science, engineering design, engineering technology, and production. Where do we really think, you know, we are as designers is all up to us. And also for future people, you know, who want to get into UX. Think of yourselves as designers and think of yourself, where is it that you place yourself between this cultural stream and the technical stream. It's very important. There are different measures, you know, the domain, different disciplines, sources and values that science, technology, design and arts create. And this is how our nation is now starting to build itself, you know, within so many areas. So for example, you know, right now we have uh, a lot of buzzword regarding the electric vehicle development. We do that. We do a lot of electric vehicle development, you know, we've been doing it for uh, China and we are also now collaborating with a lot of Indian uh, OEMs and uh, manufacturers that are now interested about this new thing. You know, there's big buzz was created, you know, uh, the government has given a go ahead. So anyways, you know, the thing is, is that for us as designers, we need to solve people's everyday life. We need to focus on that. So now let's, let's go back to the question again, you know, is, is, is that exactly what do you see here? So would, would you, would you people like to give us some answers? You know, anybody, maybe a chat message or something, whosoever is a glass is half full. Yeah. Yeah. Can we have more? Um, I think it depends upon like if he sprang from the glass, it's half full and like if he just poured, if he poured the water, then it's half full and if he drank from it, then it's half empty. Interesting. Interesting. Can we have more? Uh, yeah. See the shadow of the glass which provides the elevation. Yes. More? Anybody else? Half is filled with water and half is filled with air. Yes. Brilliant. Can we have more? I see transparency. Exactly. Awesome. More and, uh, probably it's like a, it's an innovation and creation. Yeah, why not? 
All right. So basically, you know, so, um, yeah. so I'm just thinking like uh, if you like if you have to break down, it's a glass and it's made of like it's molded into shapes, which is basically made of it could be a solid orders. I'm not sure what is it. And there is also a circular shape, so two circular shapes which are not of exact uh, uh, of yeah. exact size. Yeah. And it's molded into a glass which can hold any liquid, and of course, uh, it has the properties of glass. But these are the shapes which are which are being used to uh, mold the glass, which hold any liquid. It's form of takes the shape of the of the glass container. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. I mean, so the thing is, you know, what I'm the point that I'm trying to say is that you know, philosophically, we can say. Maybe the optimist thinks that the glasses are full. The pessimist thinks the glasses are empty. But technically speaking, it's always full. You know, it's half water, half air. And if we talk about the commercial aspect of it, we would look at uh, the complete glass as 100% opportunity. And how do we assess its total value is by uh, multiplying utilized capacity of the container by demand for the container and its contents. And there's always a sentimental value also, you know. That a glass, you know, it's 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 what Bruce Lee always said, and I'm a big Bruce Lee fan. He said, "Be water, my friend. You know, be water, be sublime." And I think, you know, for designers, it is very important to be like water. You know, you need to immerse yourself. All of us need to immerse ourselves. We need to be. We need to be there. Whatever we are designing, we need to be there. We need to visualize. And so design is basically is not about a way of seeing. It's various ways of seeing, you know, like you guys just said, you know, we had so many answers for just one, you know, image. So many answers, just like that, you know, design has so many answers. It's just that, you know, all of these answers need to be addressed, focused, thought of, filtered, and then design comes out of that filtration. And that filtration has to be done through a process. And that process is the design and the product development process. So it goes through various different stages. Now, what's most important when we're talking about design is, is of course, you know, when we have so many ideas, you know, we do brainstorming, there's so much stuff that is lying there on the board and sometimes it gets cryptic, you know, we don't know what to do now. But the very important aspect of design is sense making. Making sense is the most important thing in design. And sense making is a very interesting topic to be covered. I don't think so we have enough time today to cover all of that. But yes, we will in future discuss more about it. So sense making is basically a process by which people give meaning to an experience. So it's all about experience guys. You know, whatever experience we are facing, whatever we face in our lives, we give it a meaning and that's how we make sense of life, you know? And it consists of both the interpretation of information as well as generating what meaning is interpreted. So both, you know, it lies somewhere here. Sense making as an approach to studying and understanding user and the designing systems to serve them has been developing since early 1970s. You know, that, that is when probably around that time is when, you know, 
people started talking about this word called experience a lot. And there's a difference between knowing and sense making. Knowing is power for survival. You know, you know, as much as you know, you want to survive in certain, you know, for example, you know, if you know about wildlife, you might be able to survive in the jungle. You know, you might be just able to pull it through. You know, things, you know, all of us have seen man versus wild, but I don't know if that is helpful for survival. But anyways, so, you know, when we talk about knowing, knowing, making sense, language, you know, so these are certain aspects, the, the natural, the natural aspect, you know, situation surrounding and your environment that might help you. But knowing is basically power for development and it has been happening for us since forever, you know, since 10,000 BC when man started killing mammoth for food. It all started back then. And that is, that is how the human, human civilization has progressed to the level now is only by making sense, guys. So you remember of a time, I believe all of us here have gone through certain bit of history in time. You know, we have the early 1618 to the 1648, 30 years of war between Protestant and Catholic states in Central Europe. Oh man, it was massive. And I, I love that period, you know, that is, that is when, you know, so many new theories came along. Uh, people started figuring out and started understanding so many aspects about the cultures. You know, we started adopting religion. So religion plays a very important role in the development of our society. Then socio-political upheaval, stock market, Belgium came up with the rebellion, Roland. Uh, then national uprising happened during the 1820s. And then, of course, we are all familiar with the World War One and the World War Two and how how amazing it has been for industrialization and how it changed the dynamics of industrialization, you know, especially World War II, you know, where Germany led the way. They lost the war, but they led the way in, the, in, in industrialization. And which is, I think, you know, even certain principles that were set up back then are still being followed now, you know. Then, of course, we had the oil crisis coming up. We had the Asia financial crisis. And then 2008 came with the biggest crisis, you know where so many people lost jobs. But let's talk about now, guys, you know. The world has seen probably, you know, I won't say as one of the biggest crises, but yes, coronavirus crisis is quite a big crisis. And, you know, if you go back in history and you see, there's so much of up and down. There's so much of up and down. You know, uh, 10,000 BC, agriculture revolution happened. So that's a good thing. Rationalism happened. You know, we had Plato, Aristotle coming up with theories, coming up with principles on which modern day science is built. We had the age of enlightenment. So Renaissance, you know, Renaissance period is so beautiful. That time gave the world the word called love. You know, that was the first time people understand what is this feeling, you know, for the other person that we have, you know, brother, sister, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is. We started feeling love. You know, we gave it a name. We had the rationalism upsurge. You know, we had the industrial revolution. We had the digital revolution coming up in uh, the 1980s. You know, that's when after that Apple and uh, you know Mac create uh, Apple and uh, uh, Microsoft created history. You know, and then you know early 2010s IoT and you know we have not seen the world go back again. So now it's become such an amazing thing but then you know with when when whenever there's something good that is happening 
there's always something bad that is happening. So, you know, we had the war, we had world wars, you know, we had crisis, we had financial crisis. So this up and down that happens, guys, you know, this up and down that happens is the most important for evolution of us as a humankind, but also important for any kind of product development or product idea and design plays so much of an important role. You know, you have to have that futuristic approach, create a vision for yourself. And so to ensure, you know, this is how I want to sum it up is to ensure chaos under control, development and management of knowledge became very important that period of time. Knowing is power. So knowledge management became very popular. Sense-making, but sense-making is not about things-to-things relationship. It is about people-to-things, and that is why it is very important to make sense in design. Now, you know, since we are talking about UX, so of course, it's, it's important that I talk about UX in particular. So UX, you know, it's, it's, it's just something I'm sure all of us here is familiar by this man. He's, he's an amazing human, you know, and the way he has sort of understood life, I would say, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting, you know, how he focuses on so important elements that create us as, you know, modern day humans. So I don't want to show you much, but I just want to show you a little. Hi, I'm Angie Lee, and I'm here at the UX conference in San Francisco. I got to ask Don Norman what he thinks about the term UX. Once upon a time, a very long time ago, I was at Apple. And you know, we said, the experience of using these computers is weak. Experience when you first discover it, when you see it in the store, when you buy it, when you ooh, can't fit it into the car, it's in this great big box, it doesn't fit into the car. And when you finally do get it home, you're opening in the box up and oh, it looks scary. I don't know if I dare put this computer together. All of that is user experience. It's everything that touches upon your experience with the product, and it may not even be near the product. It may be when you're telling somebody else about it. That's what we meant when we devised the term user experience and set up what we call the user experience architects office at Apple to try to enhance things. Now, Apple was already pretty good. So we were starting with a good product, making it even better. Today, that term has been horribly misused. It's used by people to say, I'm a user experience designer. I design websites or I design apps. And they have no clues to what they're doing. And they think the experience is that simple device, the website or the app or who knows what. No, it's everything. It's the way you experience the world. It's the way you experience your life. It's the way you experience the service or yeah, an app or a, or a computer system, but it's a system that's everything. Got it? Yeah, so, you know, as, as Don said, you know, and he said it very rightly, it's everything. You know, it's not just about that website or it's not just about that app or it's not about certain function that we put in that app. 
it's about everything it's about perception it's about how we perceive a particular design it's about how we are relating to that design it's about how we talk about that design you know everything needs to be thought of and that's how we create a better design so during the 1980s you know ux became quite popular you know if i'm not wrong i mean that was the time that sort of benchmarked uh, everything you know in one way or the other and soon after you know things started to change because you know hardware was going crazy you know apple and microsoft and ibm and what not you name it you know companies were going haywire with their products and uh, so you know if we if we compare you know the age where don norman sort of came in you know as the ux architect as an engineer or the cognitive scientist he created uh, the this basic aspect and feeling of owning an apple he is the father of this experience that was developed to own an apple you know? so right now if we talk talk to a apple user you know they feel quite you know they have that sense of i don't know what to call it but premium you know maybe premium or you know, the rest uh I'm so sorry to say, but I, I think there's somebody's mic that's on that's creating a lot of sound. So I ask for Nikhil to mute. Oh, please continue. Please, everybody, just uh, mute your uh, yeah. microphones. Thank you. Makes it a bit easier for me. Yeah. Thank sure. you so much. Thanks. So yeah, so you know, in early 2000s, you know, the UX entered the mobile and website. you know it entered a lot into that that is when we saw uh, a lot of web development happen into you know taking it into the next level you know we, we as the it industry flourished in india we got a lot of work from the us coming from europe us now we are we are probably doing work for each and every country you know right now but but you know there were and i want to talk about couple of very brilliant guys and you know if you guys ever get a chance to learn some theory then i would recommend you dewey and boxin and dewey and boxin are these two brilliant people you know who have basically sampled the conceptual framework and study for the study of an study and analysis of user experience that of course i'm going to share a few pointers with you so you know dewey's views on experience is very brilliant you know he says that experience is constituted by the relationship between self and the object where the self is always engaged and comes to every situation with personal interests and ideologies and i think he's he's very much right i mean looking at the current day world you know i think that's how we sort of create an experience around us you know so let's talk about netflix you know i mean i i don't know what do you guys think about netflix anybody wants to talk um i think netflix has a really personalized design and a really great ui and as well as experience compared to uh, its other competitors like amazon prime and such yeah but but you know in one way or the other you built that sort of perception about netflix right because it 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 sort of imparts that experience to you you know for you as an individual right it builds that experience to you yeah yeah so you know so what do you think have they done have they done the experience bit right yeah uh, i truly feel that when i open the netflix app i kind of feel like this is like the home page or the entrance of uh, disneyland because 
I see a lot of uh, things going on there. It's very engaging. Like you see the trailers, you see a lot of pictures, and the the home page uh, constitutes of so many pictures and so many visuals. It's very engaging. So it makes it takes me to a different world. Like I, I am I. It, it's a beautiful escape. So it's very engaging and very very mesmerizing for me at least personally. I I completely agree with you. I mean I I I Netflix sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know there. I I know what you mean. Nikhil, I think it's very. I think Netflix uh, has done an amazing job of how they have uh, connected the physical world. Like when you go in a cinema theater, how it how the color combination of black and red comes into yeah. the play is especially with the Netflix and how they have amazingly done it with the color setup and how they have tried to relate with the physical scenario, like uh, the environment. So I think that has, uh, they have done a great job. And when we talked about the experience. I think uh, I I don't know. I think even Amazon Prime or others have also done like quite fine job. Uh, like those, some of them have used a text more, and they are much more visually oriented. But yes, most of it like has also become because of the cognitive bias. Because we listen, okay, Netflix is so good, so good. So it has like a word of mouth floating around, and that's why we are all like, okay, Netflix is really amazing. Yeah, quite it's very, well. it's very Nikhil. Uh, it's very user-centric content which is seen. So if you, if you do a, a like a survey yeah. of twenty people logging on Netflix, all the twenty screens will be different. That's where the beauty comes in because I would see what I want to see because they know a lot about me, and that's where the core lies. You know why you tend to like it is because they show you what you like. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you now, can call it uh, understanding everyone needs. Yeah, yeah. But now with that, I'm going to come to this this different question, and I'm going to ask you this question now. But I want you guys to answer me once I finish the presentation. All right. So what my question is with all of you is is that the modern day UX. You know, I I just spoke about one product, which is Netflix. and a lot of us accept it because it gives us that sense of personalization okay and i completely agree with it but don't you think as a society all of us are becoming very self centered so this is my question which you guys can answer once i finish the presentation because all this is part of experience guys so let me move forward ah huh? so basically you know dewey's uh, views on experience uh, also he, one of the major points that he mentions that people and setting are also changed by experience you know of course if we have a bad experience we'll we'll turn our face off if we have a good experience we might go to do it again you know now we have specialized barbers you know we have these fancy barbers now we go there they do our hair they would do some interesting experience if we like the place is it clean or not if we, if it is clean and if the guy does a good job we might come go there again you know same thing but to understand all of this is interesting and i think dewey has done it brilliantly so the unity of any experience is itself a moving fragile fleeting event you know so memories our past our present our dreams it creates our future and it creates that vision and it also improvises on our experience of things so you know for example you know if i owned a maruti 800 back in the 2000s and i loved that experience of you know owning that car because that car was probably the best thing you know it was it 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 saved me fuel it covered a lot of distances but 
the experience that I have gained from there, I might want to have the same experience now, but maybe I will not find the same product that will go for 20 years. You know, now if you buy a car five years down the line, you would want to change it because, you know, things go south because our experiences are changing. You know, we see a lot of competition. So, you know, Dewey's view on experience is an irreducible totality. And this is where, you know, I, I just love, love this guy, you know, when he talks about it. And he mentions that, you know, every sensation that, that is created, you know, if you're sensing things, thinking about things, trying to make meaning out of something, feeling anything, and our actions, you know, whatever actions we, we have, and, you know, there's anger, there's, there's guilt, there are so many, it all relates to that experience, all of that together develop that experience, and then we create our perception, you know, and it's, it's an irreducible totality that is eventually you're left with, you know, and it's, it's so brilliant that this guy thought all about it back in 1934, you know. It's, it's, it's just amazing. And I recommend him to each and every one of you, you know, please go through his study. There's a lot of literature available on him. So essentially, you know, we talk a lot about UX and we talk a lot about design, but what we don't really talk about is how do we get there? You know, everybody nowadays talks a lot about, okay, you know, I'm doing this with my product or I'm doing that with my product. Or, you know, you go to these fancy seminars, you know, where these are, there are people that are, that are out there talking about their product, but nobody tells you how they did it. You know, because it's not just a one man job that they did. It's a whole team that did it. And how they did it is where the design lies, guys. You know, it's the how, you know. So we can, you know, talk about, we can do all our W's and H's and all of that, you know, all of that is being taught in the design schools. But what is not being taught is the process of design. And that is why I always talk about the process of design. So even, you know, when it comes to digital products and, you know, nowadays there's so much of tendency that mostly even your physical products. So for example, you know, uh, in China, we, 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 we almost had every new product that we were designing had to have a digital experience as well, you know. So everything in China is now operational by apps. Even if it is a goddamn rice cooker, you know, so you can operate your rice cooker. I mean, I operated my rice cooker with the app that I had on my phone. So the thing is that it's not just about physical products anymore, guys. You know, it's, it's physical and digital coming together. So it's, it's not just one product. It's, it's the whole ecosystem that needs to be built. It's the system that needs to be designed. So now, you know, when we talk about developing a physical product, we can't limitize ourselves into just thinking that, okay, you know, we have to just develop one product and we conduct a market research and based on the market research, we start doing our sketches. No, dynamics have changed completely. So let me just quickly, you know, show you uh, what we have been doing uh, just so that you guys can, you know, get a gist of what we do. So, so 
So we do a lot of work for, uh, you know, Chinese market and Chinese market is humongous, you know, when it comes to product development, this is one of the, one of the recent projects we did, you know, and, uh, you know, we, we had to go through a rigorous sketching exercise to come up with, you know, so, uh, you know, of course, you know, this aspect of people are getting richer in China, you know, they're getting richer, they want to do uh, new things, they want to try out new things. And motorcycling, you know, as it is, 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 is comes, it comes with a lot of pleasures to it. You know, I have um, had an honor, you know, to sort of be a motorcyclist all my life. And I'm a hardcore motorcyclist, you know, that's what I do. Uh, we do, um, we do long rides across India, you know, uh, I, I love doing that. So I've had the pleasure and that's why I'm in this field, you know. So we developed this uh, modern American chopper, you know, not, not exactly the chopper, I wouldn't call it the chopper, but it's, it's more in that direction and Chinese people call it chopper, but there were so many social, political, cultural aspects that were involved into building this, this project. And now going into production with the complete details, it's, you know, I've, it just gives me happiness and pleasure to be able to do that. Uh, we worked with Yamaha Taiwan. We did a new scooter for them. So this is Yamaha Taiwan directly focused on the sports enthusiast, you know, so a deep, deep study done on the sports enthusiast. And we, we, we came up with this new front fascia design update, you know, then, you know, some of the projects that we keep doing, uh, we do a lot of clay models, you know, for our clients. Uh, we do a lot of sketching. Sketching is, is where we start to frame designs. So we do prototype development. Uh, so just to, just to take you through some of our projects that we've done so far, very quickly. I don't want to spend more time here. And a lot of uh, product, you know, both in the digital and the, and the, uh, just a second. So, you know, so, so we, we were basically working with the urban uh, development management of Shenzhen into working on developing a complete uh, kit for, you know, the cleaning crew, you know, so just like we have our MCD in India, you know, we have the urban development management and, and we designed a complete uh, cleaning crew kit, you know, because we identified, we did a very deep uh, research and identified that, you know, most of the uh, cleaning crew equipment is so old, you know, and we designed, we redesigned everything for them. We did an ergonomic broom. We designed the complete kit and it was such, such brilliant, you know, project, you know, for me to understand the Chinese culture, its people, to relate with, uh, you know, certain strata of the user segment there. So it was, it was, and, and, you know, China as it is, as is very bizarre. We designed this fruit washing machine, you know, for small fruits, you know, it's based on the principle of oxygenization where, you know, it sort of uh, creates, disinfects the fruits, you know, because nowadays uh, fruits come with a lot of polishing on them. So it's, it's, it's good in a way. And uh, we did a lot of uh, smart street lamp design, LED designs, air purifiers, uh, robots, yeah, we did plenty of them. You know, robots is something that China is is very fancy about. They're experiencing it now, and uh, robotics in China is is on different level. Uh, it's just that you know, I was able to work on so many projects with them is because uh, SIID, you know, where I was working as a design director, is basically a company of the Chinese Academy of Sciences. So 
we had to do a lot of projects for them. We even worked with Huawei. We did a exhibition smart robot for them, exhibition robot used basically at exhibitions. We did an industrial robot. This is this was another brilliant project. We did it for Wild SC, this company based out of Chongqing. Uh, so this this industrial robot is used in the in in basically you know uh, at the at the assembly plants. You know, it it carries heavy load from one place to the other. They we wanted to give it more of a wild look. You know, just like how the name is. So yeah, so SIAT, we did a lot of projects for Shenzhen Institute for Advanced Technology. You know, this is basically Chinese Academy of Sciences, a very prominent government organization. We did uh, drones for them. Uh, we did uh, service robots for them. Uh, very interesting project, all these. Uh, we, we did this for Infinitus, you know, one of the very, very interesting companies that is basically into massages and you know, this microcurrent moxibustion massaging concept is very Chinese, you know. So, and massages is, is a very ancient practice in China. We are trying to, you know, sort of bank on that experience to design this product. So, just to quickly show you guys, you know, what, what we have been, what I have been doing and how I have been relating with design and how, how much I have learned from people, culture, you know, I just, I just always try to implement whatever my learning has been into whatever products we are developing. So there are many, many more, more, more future products that I'm very excited about. And I would love to showcase to them, you know, once they make it to the market. But um, yeah, so far it's been an interesting journey. And I think uh, I've taken enough time now. Is it Tushar? Uh, no, no. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, so here, here is where I stop and we can now, you know, maybe talk to people. I mean, I love doing that. Maybe you can have some questions. I'm sure a lot of people have it. Sure. You were uh, going to talk about self-centeredness as today's society, right? Yes. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, it'll be good to now have the answers. So who wants to start? Yeah, so, uh, yes, yes, please go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm not like, I, I'm not a bed, but a lot wanderer uh, person who dwells on ideas and very open to ideas of any kind. So I guess uh, what I personally feel was like individualism is something, uh, individualism which came in uh, 19th century in Europe and then the technological advances and after that uh, the spiritual movement which happened and also the financial independence. So all these things have nurtured the idea of individualism in a different way. Yes. So when we say self-centered, for me, I, I really don't know the term self-centered because I kept on wondering, like, what would be the world where everyone thinks of every other human being, like, how it would be? And I really don't have an answer to that. I guess for me, self-centeredness is something which is not negative, which is not positive. Like, I don't think so we can give any ideologies to it. I just want self-centeredness, if at all, I have to rewrite the meaning of it or the way I interpret or the way I can, uh, you know, relate to it is any person, any individual, uh, you know, who, who is a full expression uh, through his body, through his mind and through his heart. Like, you know, the emotions he wants to fully express. 
it could be a form of art it could be a form of poetry or something or also if it is through mind the ideas he can bring the intellectual ideas he can bring the new solutions he can bring or if it is through his body the art could be dance it could be yoga it could be anything so if a person is full form of his individual his individual in terms of body mind and heart i guess when he is a full expression of that i guess it becomes a great thing a great expression of his being i guess the conflict arises when he is partially uh, he is partially expressing himself like you know he is whole he is holding himself himself back in terms of there could be many bondages there could be hundreds and thousands of uh, uh, underlying things which may be going on i guess the conflict arises when a person is not full expression of himself and the full expression of himself is from individualism and which could be conceived uh, by different people who haven't has has the grasp of a important individual human being as that that person you know or uh, that person or may uh, have a different idea of self centeredness that's what i feel <laughs> no I, i i completely agree with you tejal you know uh, i i hope that was tejal right yeah yeah i'm tejal yeah yeah so so yeah you you you're very much right you know you're very much right mm-hmm. but uh the thing is you know there's there's one aspect that i brought up uh, which is also about us as people and us as society you know i think uh, it is important to focus on on certain aspects of society as well you know because society contributes to design a lot you know and uh, as much as you know i i i i think of any sort of new product development that's happening around it's very evident and it sort of looks like and feels like that there are certain factors that are enabling the society to sort of improvise on this aspect of individualism that you just mentioned so yes okay. i agree with you i agree with you but you know there's one aspect that the society makes an impact on design okay but there is one more aspect which the design makes on the society and okay. i think that is that is what is most important you know so you know i think it is a very debatable project and maybe you know sometime later we can discuss this but i'd like to hear more people's views so thank you so much tejal you you know it's it's very evident Nikhil, Nikhil, I had a question. Uh, yes. Since you have uh, since you worked extensively in the Chinese market, yes. and we all know that uh, you know technologically they have really advanced, and uh, you know manufacturing is the you know key uh, yes. that they have really mastered. Yes. You know, uh, have uh, have you had kind of a glimpse of how they are really doing any of these you know government projects or you know the pro- uh, projects which are for the masses, like yes. say the transit system. yes or uh, you know how people communicate with the government or uh, any of the governance kind of projects any insight on that part of china yeah sure so uh, mehul i had you know since i was working with the uh, with siid and siid was a sister concern of chinese academy of science so basically we are part we were basically part of the government and so let me just take you through this one project that that we did you know so this was basically a government body project the one that i showcased to you you know where we designed the complete cleaning crew kit you know for for uh, you know the the urbanized uh, urban uh, the urban management uh, development uh, uh, offices 
uh, employees, you know, who are basically just as, you know, cleaners and sweepers on the streets, you know. And uh, we were asked to conduct a, a, a research basically to identify, you know, that they wanted to upgrade on the equipment, but they didn't know what to upgrade with. So it was very interesting because, you know, think about it like this, you know, do you think MCD department from India would ever go to a research agency and tell them, okay, we need to upgrade our equipment and, uh, you know, let's do a research and let's design some products, you know? So for me, it was very interesting to, to, to think that, you know, the government organizations are thinking about this. It's very interesting. It's a very fast forwarding approach. Now, coming back to your question, the thing is the government of China is very proactive. Second thing is that the reason why they are able to, uh, you know, become this factory of the world, you know, when it comes to manufacturing, is because, you know, there, there was a certain time period, uh, the last 20 or 25 years, that they have spent in mastering production. And the, and the reason why they were able to do it was through uh, entrepreneurship, you know. The government helped its people to create their own factories or companies, you know. So I'll be very honest with you, you know, if you want to set up a company in China, it takes 30 minutes. 30 minutes to set up your company in China. Now, the thing is, how are they able to do it is because the government has become very proactive, what they are more interested in. So I won't say that they don't have a very capitalistic mindset. They do. It's all about money for them. It's all about money. And one of the other things that I would also like to mention is that Chinese people, when you go into business with them, when you're going into big business or going into bed with them, it's like going into bed with them. You can't trust them. They are hardcore business people. And government of China sits on top of every hardcore business. So you can understand how hardcore the government would be. They are able to do this because they are going through, they have a certain set of government that allows them to control its people. And that's why they have been able to do it. But the thing is, they have the power, they have the money. We can all see that now, you know, with their inflictions with the US. And now we can see globally, you know, how powerful China has become. But they are, they were able to do it because there is a specific set of government, you know, this can't happen in a democratic country like ours. But the thing is, is that they are very, the government is thoughtful. And the thing is, you know, each, each district has its own, you know, local government who is now started to think. So for example, when it comes to Shenzhen, Shenzhen 40 years back was nothing but a village, you know, right next to Hong Kong. And people from mainland China used to run, uh, you know, do this cross border entry thing from there to enter Hong Kong and find jobs in Hong Kong, you know. That is where what uh, Shenzhen used to be. But you look at Shenzhen now, 40 years. Can you imagine the amount of money and the amount of development that has happened? So yes, government is very proactive. Thank you, Nikhil. Great insight. Yeah, thanks, Nikhil. Okay, hi, Nikhil. Uh, Snehal, this is so, uh, My question is like, you have been working closely with Chinese uh, customers and you are also, uh, you just said that you are like, but target is basically Eastern side, Southeast and maybe India. So now, yes. how how close are like we as the Indians? Like we are now saying about Atma Nirbhar, right? Nirbhar. So we should create yeah. our own softwares and hardware. Yes. So how do you see we as the Indians uh, competing with uh, 
the Chinese market and uh, about the resources. So how do you see that? Okay, so, you know, uh, Snail, uh, one thing I'd like to mention is that, you know, uh, when it comes to competition, competition happens in, 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 in equals, right? You know, but here when we, when we are talking about production capacity and we are talking about manufacturing, I don't think India even has a competition with China. So when it comes to manufacturing India, there's no competition with China. But when it comes to IT, man, we are giving awesome, you know, the kind of products that now we are developing, the kind of base that all us Indians have set up in the US. It's pretty amazing to see it, you know. We are what? Almost three crore people in the US already, you know. 20 years down the line, I would definitely say we're going to see an Indian president of the US. Anyways, <laughs> but you know, what I'm trying to tell you is, is that uh, your question is very much relevant, you know, looking at the current day scenario. But, you know, what China has achieved in the past 20, 25 years to reach to that level, India needs to invest those 20, 25 years. But I'm also going to tell you one more thing that India, after China, India has amazing potential you know, to, there are so many factors that make us a much better option for production or manufacturing or even product development moving into the future. Why? Is because there are so many aspects, you know, with India that is getting better. First is, you know, language, communication. India and in people in India are good with that, you know. So even if, let's say, you know, we have a lot of foreigners coming to India, and, uh, you know, even if they go to, uh, 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 you know, so down south, everybody speaks English, you know, up north. No, that's not the case. But still, we are able to communicate, you know, one way or the other. So if a foreigner is here in, is in north part of India or you know, let's say west part of India, and if he's hungry, he can communicate and we can understand. If he wants to travel, he can communicate. We can understand because we have this capacity of communication. So communication is going to be the key how we communicate is brilliant than the rest of the world. You know, Chinese as, as people, you know, I've, I've had this pleasure of spending a lot of time with them. They are very shy people in nature, but there are so many, uh, uh, you know, us Indians and Chinese people have so many things in common. So it's just that, you know, their culture and the way they are taught things, is very different than ours, but there is so much of so many of similarities, you know. So coming back to your question, I see India as has very high potential, but since we are living in a democratic world, you know, we never know what the next government is planning. Or we, we are not too sure, you know, if this government is going to stay the next five years or after that, what government is going to come. So a lot of, a lot of, you know, relation to that, uh, I'm, I'm, I can't give you an exact, uh, you know, explanation, you know, to this, if India will be able to do it. Yes, India can do it if India stays focused. So let's see, you know, let's hope that India stays focused, but yes, we have the potential. Thanks. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, Nikhil. Uh, one more question from my side. Yes, please. Uh, my name is Suresh. Suresh Maji. Suresh. Hi, Suresh. Yeah, one thing I observed in the uh, bike designs, uh, uh, please uh, actually consider it as a suggestion. Yes. 
uh, one thing i observed in the designs actually in uh, india most of the uh, bike designs are uh, especially on the back wheel one uh, pro- uh, one kind of obstruction shield is there uh, it won't play. actually generally it is not there actually that back wheel is splitting and uh, spreading the ground water on behind people yeah yeah i know <laughs> so that is actually still in this uh, new uh, generation bikes also it is a little up actually that obstruction uh, is a little up so it is more inconvenient to the back people yes i agree with you i agree with you completely but can you see you know the thing is uh, suresh what is happening now is that uh, you know a lot of manufacturers the way they are designing these bikes are for it for them to look very fancy you know so that the younger generation can buy it so you will always always see you know some young guy on the on that kind of bikes you will never see you know somebody who is 30 35 or 40 they will never be on such bikes no so the thing is you know all of this is done to you know enhance the the feeling of owning that motorcycle having fun so it it's all part of the game you know it's all part of the product development process So yes I agree with you it's not uh, good but yeah I mean we we can't do much you know that's what the users want I think someone has raised hand uh, Avina you have some question Yeah please go ahead Avina Yeah, yeah. Uh, as means I'm a UX designer actually so uh, I am till now confused uh, about one thing see we we always think about user and we try to resolve issues which are more related to comfort and luxury instead hmm. rather than thinking about uh, what is practical hmm. so for example like in Volkswagen cars hmm. still, uh, uh, close the door there is a different sound when maruti you, you close the door there is a, is it important uh, means to even change those kind of sound instead of uh, working more towards user experience in terms of practicality of it so we you know when we are talking about sound you know abhinav try to understand that sound is also an experience you know sound itself provides you that kind of experience so you know when we are shutting the maruti door we know that it's a maruti door because it's making that kind of sound but all of that contributes and constitutes into the experience you know so just like don said it's everything how we open the door and how we close it uh and i i believe you know uh, when you are mentioning about luxury yes of course you know for luxurious cars it is very important but when we are talking about uh, a company like volkswagen no volkswagen is german you know they have everything about volkswagen is german and that is why they are not successful in india so you know if we compare to the sales of maruti and if we compare to the sales of volkswagen it's nothing you know whereas if we look at uh, you know volkswagen is probably i think uh, the second largest company you know when it comes to cars you know manufacturing cars first is toyota i think but uh, the thing is is that uh, yes you know when it comes to experience side of it even the sounds that the doors make the you know the sound even you know while you're sitting inside your car and you're um, turning your side mirrors even they make you know 
and if we go into superior high luxury if we talk about bentleys and um, rolls royces oh every single thing matters so but but you know what i'm trying to tell you is that you know all of this constitutes to that experience you know and be it luxury or be it there's also one aspect of maruti that we all like no that the kind of average it gives so even if it is it is not the safest car on the road but it is the most uh, fuel saving or or is it just the perception you know because i don't know if it really saves fuel or not you know because how much is it that we really care about when we are sitting in a car and we are thinking about a lot of people do a lot of people don't i am more of a speed freak so i don't really care much but then there are so many other people you know who really for them uh, and india is obsessed with you know what do they what mileage india is obsessed with mileage you know <laughs> i don't know why but kitna deti hai yes exactly <laughs> but again you know kitna deti is also experience uh, uh, the practicality of it uh, i was actually uh, i understood whatever things when you said but i want to understand the practicality of it is how much important in terms of user experience yeah so practicality of it for example you know let's say if we talk about volkswagen it is practical for them as a company and for the kind of product that they have developed then that, that you know when when you close of the door of a volkswagen it should not you know so there are certain principles that a company sets you know when we are developing a product so maybe on that parameter for maruti it's not so much important you know how the doors close and the kind of sound it makes but for a company like volkswagen who ensures certain level of quality in their product for them it is very much practical to make it sound the way they want to make it sound the practicality yeah you have understood what you said yeah yeah thank you sorry to cut you off you wanted any more questions i have a question yes please go ahead okay uh, so i really like the presentation okay. um thank you i so this question might seem a bit off the topic but then what do you think is a is an example of a bad ui or here uh, can can you repeat the question please i wasn't able to hear there there's some noise i think can you hear me now yeah 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 okay uh, so this question might seem a bit off topic but mm -hmm. i wanted to know what are the examples of you know a, a bad ui this is netflix uh whenever i go through my netflix category uh, it it is actually like a bit of a you know haywire scene because there is too much i have to uh, you know browse through so it's very difficult to find a movie so i'm browsing for 15 minutes and i don't know what to watch something like that. no i agree with you i agree with you because uh, the thing is is that for a lot of people uh, this this might be convenient you know to to have that personalization aspect and they might love it about netflix but yes you know uh, when you're talking about the you know what to search and you know if it is not giving you the right kind of options and you know and i think sometimes it also depends on your mood you know you just don't know what your mood is like and what kind of content you would like to see 
and you know i think netflix is built on a certain ai platform that is i think still trying to learn a lot about you as an individual but yes uh, you know certain uh, uh, certain aspects or certain functionalities even in netflix are are perfect example of a bad design or a bad ui as you are mentioning you know and it happens to a lot of products and i think that is that is why there is always product development no that keeps happening it's always in the advancement so i'm sure netflix is looking into it you know they're conducting their researches they're asking the you know research data to come in and then they will work on all, a lot of that so it's it's very cyclic in nature you know a good thing about product development and something that i really cherish and love is is this constant development that is happening it's it's a chain reaction you know it never stops of course your product has to be successful like netflix you know for for you to be able to spend money on development you know but the thing is is that you know once your product kind of makes it to the market and if if there is an upliftment upliftment and then there's it's like a chain reaction you know you'll have so many aspects about your app or your uh, product that is going to be bad and it needs an update and it needs an upgrade for example you know let's let's talk about windows so uh, do you use windows uh, yes i'm a windows user yeah so probably you know what do you think which was the best windows i think the 9th one was better because the 10th one is really you know lagging my laptop yeah. yeah so you know for you maybe as a user you feel that you know there are certain uh, examples of maybe bad ui or maybe you know the software is not designed well or there are some areas where you feel there might be importance but you know the thing is for for companies to sort of work on you know one aspect they need uh, data you know and they need to they need to have so much data that they can base based on that data they make the development happens so a lot of times what happens is is that you know it's very important for companies because you know everything is is an investment you know the company will be investing in that product to make it better so maybe if you don't like the 10th maybe you like you would like the 11th you know for me i think one of the most hardcore windows you know that i love still to date is probably the xp you know it it was so hardcore you know back in the days i remember spending time in my dorm room i used to play so many games we were always on counter strike and you know i had the xp on and it was just brilliant you know so hardcore
spark interest which is more uh, related to humans which is more about us like we designs more about humans so i'm uh, that's the reason i have moved away from technicality to design but i find it very very overwhelming you know i like design in terms of colors and ideas and in terms of our uh, like as a human as our memory uh, as a perception and then there is other things like geometry and symmetry and sounds and uh, structures so when i read and i think and wonder about it it's so so overwhelming for me being a novice i guess that happened with me so what could be a good beautiful uh, journey that i can take as a novice into this journey where i have to explore all uh, you know we have to fully explore the the whole dimension of this uh, field okay uh... You know, very interesting question, actually, Tejal. You know, because and I, I hear, I also hear this from a lot of uh, students that we work with. You know, now uh, people sometimes get really overwhelmed. What you're saying is actually right. You know, sometimes you want, you want it so bad that you, you just don't know what to do now. And you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sure you know such situations arise with even, even the best of us. You know, all of us go through all this. But you know, there's also one more aspect that is very important. is uh, is patience you know for us so i i'm going to talk a little bit about not not design centric you know not focusing on design but i think uh, us as humans so there's so much content flying around us no everywhere there's content you go on to tv there's content you know in our life there is content you go you watch the tv there's content everywhere there's so much of chaos so you know like i said you need to start understanding how you make sense of this chaos and it is okay. very important not only for you as an individual you know because it's going to affect everywhere you know your personal life your professional life or or you know something that you that you just do for your own self you know there are so many things that we do just for our own self so i would say uh, you know take it slow you know overwhelming happens but i think what you need to do is every step of the way just keep making sense of things you know because anything that's not making sense might not be good for the start to start because as you mentioned that you recently made the move to design you know i think patience yeah. is key yeah. and making sense of every aspect of this learning process is going to be very important for you to move ahead you know okay and, and just keep at it you know keep at it so so thank you yeah thanks tejal Hi Nikhil, hi Akshay. Hi, I'm Suresh. Hi, hi Suresh. Uh, uh, I have a question. Uh, yes. What what makes a typical UX designer to turn into industrial designer? What some someone who is actually designing uh, web applications in IT field, typical UX designer. If someone wants to turn in, get into industrial designing, what kind okay. of skills? What kind of skills he require? Can he can he really actually? Turning to a skill designer. Uh, well, uh, it's quite difficult, actually. You know, because if you're already working in the in the UX UI industry, and then to turn into industrial design, I think you'll you'll probably have to learn the basics. You know, you'll have to get the basics again, learn the basics, because uh, industrial design involves a lot of uh, uh, skills. You know, there's a certain aspect of skills you have. Uh, sketching you know sketching is is the most important i think you know to brainstorm and sketch your ideas is probably where it starts from for us guys it starts from sketching 
and then you have to reach a certain level of sketching. And then it's, there's 3D development, then there's clay modeling, then prototype development, uh, material science. There are so many aspects that come in, you know. So, uh, you know, uh, for, for, I don't know if there are, uh, there are certain universities now that are offering such, but it's always good to study, you know. It's always good to study. So if anyone who's planning to make a move from UI, UX to industrial design, I think it's important that they get their basics and skills right first. Because as a UX designer, they're already doing this wireframing, sketching. It's a part of your daily job. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. But wireframing and, and sketching on, on, on digital products and sketching for a product is, is actually quite, quite different, quite different. Mm -hmm. You know, your thought process has to be different. So actually, you know, for product design, what you need is, is the thought process. And because, you know, a UI UX designer thinks in a certain way, right? Hmm. Right. <clears throat> but see, uh, what I think, the Suresh, uh, if you have focused and uh, as, as you can say, it is about sketching. It is all about uh, the uh, thought process about because in, when we are in UI UX, definitely uh, we are in uh, specifically we are in technical more because every time you have to deal about JavaScript, uh, some coding language, and then you accordingly, you work. But in, in product designing is totally a reverse way. Uh, so that attitude and that focus need to develop, then definitely anyone can, if he's a dedicated person, then definitely they can change. But uh, it is not that easy also as the case says. Okay. I agree with you. I agree with you completely, Tushar. Because you're mentioning the UX design in industrial designing. So an industrial designer can, can learn UX design, but not the other way. No, that is also not correct, actually. Uh, see, UI and UX totally uh, is a different. But yes, it is not that easy. But if one can take effort, then definitely uh, you can learn things and you can, uh, because it is all about practice. It is all about a focus and understanding and research that we are talking about. Okay, okay. So, so if you're planning, then definitely, but you need to have that right focus. And then, uh, because see, it is not about one can do or one cannot do. It is not about this thing. Okay. But once you decided, now you want to move from UX, typical UX to industrial design, then you need to clear your mind and then you have to focus okay. on the product design. I mean, okay. I mean, I would, I would rather say that, you know, it is, in fact, it is a good opportunity if you want to work with industrial designers because, you know, moving forward, like I mentioned, mm -hmm. it's not going to be just about building physical product. There will always be a digital side also to it, yeah. you know. So yeah. if you want to collaborate, you know, with industrial designers, it is good mm -hmm. to work in, in sort of an industrial, an organization where okay. industrial designers and, you know, UI, UX designers work together. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is where you can have the experience of both. Yeah. Correct. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Suresh. Thanks. Thank you for, you know, being here. Yeah. Thanks for your time. So Thank anyone you. have questions? Do we have more questions? Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, so now I think uh, Nikhil has given. Very good insight, and I hope uh, 
um, there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding and misconceptions about UI UX itself or get change. And we also talk about the industrial design also. And uh, uh, we are moving towards uh, some developments. So I think Nikhil uh, and me are going to collaborate in some ways. Uh, so as you know, already we are talking in that front and probably soon we are coming up with some uh, things, programs, uh, which where we can jail those industries. Uh, Maybe we'll take small steps, as I said, because we cannot change from one day from UX to industrial design, but definitely uh, the path is there and we are trying to move on that direction uh, because it's myself, I, every time I, whenever we talk with people, industry people or students or professionals, I always say it is UX is not only about, don't restrict UX only about uh, web technologies or mobile technologies, okay? And as correctly Norman said, it is about all like, 30, I will say holistic approach around you and that is a design is about and uh, yes we are planning something Nikhil and me uh, so Nikhil just uh, so we're coming up with program uh, maybe this is a like for professionals uh, who want to come up with and they want to okay uh, Nikhil you can just tell about a little bit about what exactly uh, so coming from yeah. you then I will add on, on that yeah, so I mean, it's it's very interesting uh, that you know we we have been talking about this for a while, and you know I feel that it's also very important uh, to work work on something more more practical, you know. So I think uh, you know what Tushar and me we have been discussing, and we have also now thought that you know what we can look at is to maybe work and set up a program you know, where we kind of work on more practical design solution and implementation of it. I mean, that is one side that we really want to see. And uh, we want to probably do it by working on a product development exercise, you know. Right. So we are working to set up this kind of a program where we develop a product. And it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. You know, I right. think, uh, you know, a lot of people that are here, it'll be, it'll be amazing. You know, if you guys can come be part of this product development journey that we will be taking. Uh, so I'm sure we can share the details soon, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think uh, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be very interesting to look at it. From because, yeah. Because nowadays what happening is like people are a lot of confusion between First thing about in UX and UI, people are not even still, they are struggling. Uh, companies are struggling, forget about uh, the em employees and the people who practice design, but a company itself are in confusion state, what, where. Uh, so basically, uh, see UX is, right? Nikhil and Mia share a lot of things in common that has a passion about UX and designing and research basically. So, and there is a huge uh, knowledge gap is there uh, about understanding about UX. So our focus will be, it is not only about on just like creating wireframes or creating uh, just kind of a screens, okay? But it will be, as I said, it's like a journey. So it could be like an experience. It could be like, uh, so how, whatever the experience coming from Nikhil, from my side, we have both that experience, the industry experience, uh, 
as a designing student what we have learned everything will that come up in that program and uh, uh, that will be more uh, practical oriented things and we try to create uh, good products out of it so that obviously we, we share details very so uh, i think uh, someone has raised the hand uh, anvit right you can ask questions yeah anvit please go ahead your reason chat sorry sir it happened that i have mistake uh, okay okay no problem yeah sorry uh, okay so uh, yeah so hopefully uh, so today's intention session's intention is was totally a give a totally a different approach for a ux study uh, hope lot of people are now taking ux as a serious and uh, so there is again i am repeating myself it is don't think ux only for web and mobile there is lot of beyond uh, every everywhere is a design and maybe in for product design everything you can utilize this research activities uh, this you know this particular ux as a as a experience for for our clients for our potential users and for a, every project teaches for you know enrich ourselves and that we want to actually bring on table so i again thanks nikhil for giving his time and uh, hope everyone is has uh, you know uh, so we definitely uh, we will recording this session so we'll upload once uh, after this uh, yeah priyanka you uh, can continue yes, uh, thank you nikhil this uh, session was really insightful uh, and uh, being a user researcher myself like i really loved it um, thank you tushar sir for conducting this kind of talk and uh, i would like to thank everybody for joining the session as well um also i would like to announce the uh, next talk that we have uh, which is going to be on 15th of the august uh, and uh, susan weinschick is going to be speaking over there she is a behavioral psychologist and uh, she has been working in the field of design and user cycle user experience uh, since 18 um, i think 19 85 and she's uh, worked with Don Norman and Nielsen closely so this is going to be really exciting so um stay tuned and uh, you can get the details on our uh, website and uh, yeah thank you thank you everyone thank you everyone thanks. it's my thanks. pleasure and honor thank you yeah, thanks thank have you have a great day and be safe everyone yeah be safe stay at home and yeah. work from home that was actually okay thanks everyone let thank let's you. get together in next session yeah. thank you yeah thank, thank you so much thank you sir thank you.